What is it like to inherit a beautiful Georgian country house? Today's guest is sharing her experience and inviting you to stay during your Ireland vacation. Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, Planning the Ireland Vacation of Your Dreams, a step-by-step guide to planning your perfect vacation in Ireland. I begin at the beginning, when is the best time to visit Ireland, and guide you through every aspect of your trip, flights, transportation, lodging, attractions, food, and even how to save money. Planning the Ireland Vacation of Your Dreams is available in print, filled with beautiful color images, or exclusively on Amazon Kindle in digital form, and available on the Kindle Unlimited Library. Both books include access to an online resource with updated information, downloads, and even more tips. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Now, I know that personally, I have always had this dream of owning this beautiful big house in Ireland and for a lot of this that's just really a dream but today's guest actually has been given the house by her family so she now has this big beautiful house in Ireland that was a bit of a journey to figure out kind of how to handle this I don't know bequeathal if you will if that's if I've used that word correctly. Um, So today my guest is Helen Brennan. Helen and her husband Michael are the caretakers of Clonacody House, which is in Feathered in County Tipperary. It's a beautiful walled town and I cannot wait to hear the story about this house, the history of it, and the kind of the new chapter. So Helen, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to chat with you. Oh, Jodie, thanks so much. And I, I loved the way you introduced me and Michael and, and the fact that we are caretakers. Um, I've, you know, that holds close to my heart um, because I feel owning something, we're only passing through. We can't take it with us. And uh, as I said, it's a new chapter. Um, uh, this house from the historical side this house was built uh, 1740 through 1780. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know who actually designed the building, but it is it is a small Georgian house. It's considered a small Georgian house, but for me, it's big enough, I can tell you. <laughs> and it's three stories over basement. So that means that there are actually four floors, but three of them are over the basement. And in the, in the good, bad old days, the basement was where the kitchen and all the hustle and bustle would be going on. And then there would have been the ground floor, which is where all the parties and entertainment would have taken place. And then the bedrooms would have been on the first floor and perhaps even staff or uh, governesses and small children would have stayed up on the top floor. Um, So as I said, it was built between 1740 and 1780. And the family that it was commissioned for were called the Kellets. And historically they were, a a, um, British military family. And they lived, which I find very interesting myself, they lived continuously here uh, right up until 1937. And when I say continuously, I mean that 
as far as I know, the house was never boarded up at, at a particular time of year to go back to London for the parties. I mean, I'm sure, that, you know, there were members of the family that did, but the house was never actually boarded up and closed for those two or three months that there was nobody here. And from my own, um, let's say, feeling on that is that even as a child growing up here and my parents um, who moved us here after my grandparents sold it to my to my mother, my mother and father, but it was technically my mother who bought it. And by the by, my mother is American or was American. She was actually from Virginia. Um, so there's always been a lovely feeling in this house, you know, People who came and stayed here the first night, um, you know, they get up the next morning, they'd say, God, what was that racket? You know what I mean? And they'd find out it was the rooks at about five o'clock <laughs> in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. Thankfully, they're lazy birds. They don't get up as early as the sparrows and all the rest of them. So, but the second night, they never heard them. They just slept right through. Um, so they always felt comfortable, warm, um, no sort of creepy ghostly you know they weren't they weren't nervous you know what I mean they just immediately just were immersed it was just a lovely feel and I still get that today open for business that people come in and they just seem to go we're, we've arrived or we're, we feel safe it, it's whatever like obviously we've had people from all walks of life and and for various reasons mm -hmm. coming to stay here so some people might be coming because they've just gone through a terrible divorce uh, or are going through a terrible uh, time with their children, tough times. And then there are other people that come to just enjoy getting together with a group of people and having fun and enjoying Clonic Cody and all mm -hmm. its, you know what I mean, glory. But even for the people who are going through tough time, they enjoy it as well because there's fires lighting and they can curl up on the sofa here and you know, read a book or they can go for nice walks or um, it, it, it just caters for whatever it is that the guest actually wants. Mm -hmm. um, I've definitely probably gone off track. Um, <laughs> no, I'm that's trying, okay. I'm trying that's to get okay. back, but um, <laughs> the, the, okay, from the, there is a significant. Well, I, was, I was just going to say, so your grandfather purchased a house in the 1930s. Um, yes. From what you said, the original family lived in it until then. And then your grandfather purchased the house. Your mother purchased it from him. Yeah. So tell us about how it came to you. Okay. So, okay. Well, circumstances changed. Uh, my parents died um, and we were very fortunate on the sort of inheritance side that there were five children. I'm the eldest of five, uh, three sisters and one younger brother. Um, in Ireland, most people, you know, when they have a, a house and a farm like this, they leave it to the, to the man, the son. <laughs> but my father, when it was his turn to do a will, he said, I'm leaving it to the whole lot of you and you can have a right old bun fight over it. <laughs> and, um, that could have turned out bad. <laughs> that could have turned out. And it was very close. It could have. Anyway, I'll get to that. But so in 1996, mm -hmm. my, me and my brothers, my brother and sisters inherited um, Clana Cody. Uh, which was this house and 125 acres of land. And because the value of the property at that time, we were very fortunate that it came under the inheritance tax. So we didn't have to pay inheritance tax. That's a real major benefit mm -hmm. for, for us as a family. And uh, I was 30, I had a job and all my siblings had work. So we were independent of Kanakoji. We 
Um, and then thanks to my mother, who was wealthy, you know, she came from a wealthy background in America, we were all left a nest egg of cash. So, um, therefore, for the, the next 10 to 15 years, we, we opened up an account, uh, we all contributed money in every month um, to keep Clana Cody going. And there was always one of us living here, technically, mostly me, I was able to use here as my base and I was traveling in sales at the time. And we were very lucky to have a lovely lady who's like our surrogate mother, who used to keep the home fires burning and have a lovely dinner ready for me. As she said, the dinner could feed three farmers. <laughs> I had such a big appetite on a Friday evening when I came back. So I hope that kind of helps how, mm -hmm. it kind of explains how we were very, very lucky because in general, places like this, when they go to the next generation, especially when it's been left to all five or all three, it usually ends up getting sold. Mm -hmm. So um, in 2006, um, uh, I was working from here. I was working on the farm. Uh, we had a horse gallop and I was planning on developing it and bringing, upgrading it to um, a higher quality of service. Um, it was already very well known in the racing world in this country, National Hunt. And uh, I would, had just been approved for a loan for a million euros <laughs> um, to go ahead with this venture. And my brother and sister were in, in actually in this room where I'm talking to you from now. And I was telling them, this, I've got the loan and, you know, I'm going to go ahead with upgrading the facilities. And they said, well, actually, Helen, you know, we're thinking of selling. I was like, that was like, oh my God. But at the same time, I suppose because I was in a different place, I just went, okay, let's go with it. Well, if you're going to sell, you'd want to sell now because 2006, it was, it was beginning to turn. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. the house went up for sale. The asking price was 7 million. We were offered uh, 9.34 million wow. and we didn't take it because we were under the impression that we'd get more if we went to auction. And when we went to auction, not so much as a little finger went up. So we came back with our tails between their, my leg, our legs. Um, I was quite, I was, I didn't give a damn. I was laughing. My, I kept saying to my, my brother then said, Helen, don't, don't say whatever's meant for you, you know, won't pass you by. I just can't handle it. Um, but anyway, then a year later, uh, we resolved to divide the property and we are so lucky that my mum's brother, who is also American, was the go-between and the go-between was me, the black sheep and the other um, three. And I forgot to mention that I did actually buy one of my sister's share, you know, back in 1998 mm -hmm. with my mother's money. I wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. So I ended up, that's how I ended up with the house and the immediate grounds of the okay. property and in that was in 2009 and then in 2010 I used what was left of my mum's money along with my husband's now husband's um backbone lot you know you bet him around the place um you know painting painting the house uh new curtains uh new carpets new beds all old beds but they were purchased you know mm -hmm. from mm -hmm antique dealers and then top quality mattresses and all the furnished soft furnishing and then I have to say my own family left an awful lot of the furniture here because there was no point in them taking it where were they going to put it in mm -hmm. a small apartment in London or wherever they were living 
so that's a little bit how explaining how I got to you know to start to decide well my job is not going to keep this house going no way and Michael I'm very lucky he loves the place as well so we decided to open it up for accommodation and to the public it's we still say it's a private house open to the public anybody who wants to come visit they're more than welcome anybody who wants to come stay we'd love to have them come stay anybody who wants to have a wedding or a special celebration whether it's a, a reunion um, um what else kind of retirement parties and things like that mm-hmm. anything that basically anything you can shake a stick at we'll do as long as we know that we can deliver if we mm-hmm. if the person isn't is looking for something that we can't actually provide we immediately say look we're terribly sorry but look try somewhere else Mm-hmm. So you offer quite a few different options. So I know that you do, you know, these beautiful weddings. I've seen the pictures on the website. Um, you know, your your background is gorgeous for for those photos from the weddings. So you do, you know, the accommodations and everything for groups. Do you also host uh, just regular, you know, one off travelers? that that are looking for accommodation for a night or two or is it all events no it's not all definitely not all events and that's no we definitely we're delighted to to welcome individuals couples families to stay one or two you know one or two nights you know what I mean preferably two or three nights but we've we've often had people who have just like you because I was when you were saying that you ended up in feathers when you took your husband to Ireland first I thought gosh, maybe she's the one that ended up staying here because that, that has happened. We have had Americans and Germans who just went off the beaten track and then just Googled and found us and came out and stayed with us. And we've had lovely, lovely Americans come stay with us who have been trying to fa- find their family and where their family came from. And one in particular, I mean, it gets really emotional. I can't, I, I suppose... I identify with the estrangement that maybe Irish Americans have when they come back because I have it when I go the other direction because that's another story. I have basically <laughs> my, I have Colombian connections as well as Americans. Mm-hmm. So I have, do you know, there's that kind of, I identify with it. And um, this particular man was looking for his, his, where his father's family come out of. They were late 1950s emigration. And we have a lovely neighbor. Now, I wish he was 30, 30 years younger, but he always, I'd always say, come down. Do you know what I mean? If they want to meet you, they will. he loves meeting people. So he met this couple like he's met so many other couples. And it turned out that he knew exactly who this man's father was. And as they say here, where he came out of, I'll show you where he came out of. And he literally took them up about five miles up the road, down a boreen, and said in there that's what and it when that person came back he was nearly in tears because Toby had told him how tough life was for his mm-hmm. father and the family and that the best thing that ever happened was that they took what little belongings they had and tried for a better life in the states which they obviously his father did succeed because this guy had become you know had moved up you know had had made a better life for himself and if he had stayed here, it might not have happened for another two or three generations. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, completely, yeah. completely. Yeah. And, and while you, 
I, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for uh, when they do research their their Irish ancestry. They're, they're looking for that proof that they, you know, this this was the best move for them. And so often it's it's an emotional thing, but it's so easy to see that, you know, back, I mean, even like you were saying, up until the 50s, 60s, 70s, there the the opportunity for self-improvement just was not there. So and you see it's kind of from a personal level, um, you know, my grandfather I'm very lucky. I grew up in a privilege, like, like, let's say in a privileged, I, I woke, I mean, I grew up here. Um, uh, now we did not have the lifestyle that my grandparents had when they lived here. My grandfather was extremely wealthy. He had made a lot of money on the stock exchange in, in, in London after the crash. He was only 36 when he came back here with his Colombian wife who was also, well, you know, she was Mm -hmm. from a wealthy background in Colombia. So they had 35 people working here. And I have had, let's say, the children or grandchildren from those people that might have worked here for my grandparents. And thankfully, thankfully, they've wanted to come back. And we have great fun because there are bells um, on either side of the fireplaces Mm -hmm. where... You know, my grandfather might have pushed it to say, to call the butler in, to get the car out or whatever. And I have great cries. I was saying, Jesus, I'm glad I disconnected those bells because you could really, <laughs> do you know I mean? but here's a manual one, you know, but thankfully, because I do have that. I hope my, my family were not, hmm. not nice people to work for, but I've yet to date, never heard a bad story about the Kellets either because I've had connections with them stay here. And it's all been good. And that's very important for me because I did grow up in Ireland. I grew up in the 70s. I heard all the history and I was coming back here to this scenario, which didn't sit with where I was going to school and all my my friends who were Irish, Irish. I wasn't Irish. I was born here, but my dad was half Irish, half Colombian. He spoke English better than the Queen because he was educated in England. So I had all those personal stuff mm-hmm. going on. Um, so therefore, very important to me that this house, I think if the walls could talk, they, you know, and even the people that have come back and the people that have connected to me from the work, work the staff, it's mm-hmm. been a good, a good experience that while they worked six days a week, mm-hmm. long hours, that they had whenever there was a party going on upstairs here, there was an even better one going on down there. And I remember even as a child being brought here, let's say for Sunday lunch, uh, before we moved in, when my grandparents still lived here, um, going downstairs to the basement and being spoiled rotten down there by them. And I don't think I was a brat and I, was, I wasn't <laughs> brought up to be a brat. Um, but when my parents moved in, the kitchen was moved upstairs. It was my mother, my father, and yes, we did have a very, very, we had two very special ladies. One, you know, obviously got older and left and another mm-hmm. one came, housekeeper. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they were, they were part of our family. They, they worked hard, but they were treated with respect. There was, you know, there's no such thing as, oh, Mrs. Mick, go up and clean up the girl's room. Uh-uh. It was basically just to lend a hand to my mother, mm-hmm. not to be 
you know, full on worker cleaning up after us. That was a no. We were out <laughs> growing up here. We were out on the gallops during the winter doing the divots, which I hated. And in the summer, my mother had us out in the wall garden picking vegetables and fruit that she had grown from scratch. And um, I hated it. <laughs> now I give my right hand to have it back. But, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so having the, the house in your family and seeing it your, or experiencing it going through this, you know, this very wealthy period with your grandparents and then obviously um, the, you know, still very privileged, but yeah. much, much lesser of the extravagance with your parents. And then now down to you, a house like that takes a lot of care, a lot of money. Mm. And that that is why you see, you know, you you have to have a way to afford the house. And and that is why you see so many of these beautiful Georgian country houses becoming um, these these great country house accommodations. So with that, um, how difficult was that for you to make that that transition to welcoming people in that way? Was that just kind of a natural thing for you or, or what, what no. spurred that? Totally, totally. I tell you, that was the, I didn't even, it, I don't even feel like it was a decision. It was certainly not a decision to open the place up to the public because this house was always open, always open. Even as a family home, the doors, you know, everybody was welcome. Um, the decision was how, how do we make money to keep the house? That was the decision. That was the decision that we both made. This is the only way. And both of us love meeting people. And I mean that. I mean, I'll never forget the first group that we had to stay here and providing dinner for them. And to hear them, you know, laughing. I was in the kitchen and, you know, I could hear them laughing and chatting. And I was there. I had heard that several times. By, you know, my own parties or my parents' parties, but actually people that had paid to come here to enjoy Clannacody, to feel totally at home, that they didn't, we don't want people to feel intimidated, you know, oh my God, we better not, you know, this is, that they actually go, yeah, it's, it is what it is, it is a Georgian house, it is authentic, um, but it's for, for this night and for the next night, it's ours. And we are being looked after and we're going to enjoy it. And um, it's just great crack, you know, really good atmosphere. And I love that. And so does Michael. And as I, I'm going, repeating myself, but going back then to the people that just want to have a quiet time. Um, like we have a lovely, lovely special case. But technically speaking, we're not open, but we're allowed to take in special cases. Mm -hmm. And we have a, a lady from Brazil who was married to an Irish guy. And he unfortunately died during COVID and she's making her way back to Portugal. She's staying with us now. She was only meant to be staying for two weeks. She's now staying a third week. Mm -hmm. And it's been absolutely gorgeous having her. And um, the impact she's had on me and Michael and his art, my stepchildren, twin girls, has been wonderful. It's given us a huge lift. We're getting paid, but we're getting a lift and she's feeling very much at home and she's offering to cook dinner and things like that but it's great and it's, you know at the same time I do I don't want somebody to ever leave here and say yeah I stayed there three weeks and I ended up cooking you know 10 nights <laughs> but I was there and I was paying for I don't want that so I have to be careful as well mm -hmm. you know that she knows that 
she's part of the family because it's you know at the moment um but she's certainly being you know we want to look after her you know mm-hmm. just so we get the balance right she's outside watching um a movie now because it's terribly cold outside it's bright but it's cold so the fire is lighting in there and she's watching a movie you know so it's <laughs> lovely yeah yeah now let's talk a little bit about feather because it's it's in a part of tippery that most people they'll either pass by and not notice it or they won't get there at all and that's a shame because feathered is a beautiful walled town and you don't run into that many towns that still have the town wall. So can you tell people a little bit about why they might want to make sure that they're getting to that part of Tippery? Okay. Well, it's okay. So as far as I'm aware, Jody, it's, um, it's one of two walled towns in Ireland, Mm -hmm. the other one being Athlone. Mm -hmm. And uh, feathered is obviously a lot smaller. It's a town. But for a lot of people, it would be considered a village. But in that town, there's a hell of a lot of, um, you know, character, history, just like it it doesn't have to be big. Uh, We have a beautiful, um, uh, originally Catholic church. It's now a Church of Ireland church in the centre of the town, the beautiful graveyard and the oldest timber ceiling in this particular chapel or church. And the backdrop of that church is this medieval wall. And then the backdrop of the medieval wall is the River Cashali. So it's visually, it's, it's stunning. And now, since you were there in 2005, I mentioned to you before the, before the, for the chat, um, the Thassel, which is a building that's been there since the 11th century, which they've tastefully restored using absolutely everything that was there and enhancing it. And it's now a museum. And the backdrop of that is this church, Protestant Church of Ireland, and the wall. Um, it's also, if people are into or into um, Irish um, mythology, the pagan gods, um, we have one of the very rare Sheen and the Gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when there, some of your listeners might not be aware of this particular lady. She's a woman, she's a girl, she's female. And she, it's a powerful um, stone visual, um, how do you say, picture um, of the of of the of the female of the female and and the earth and watch how powerful and what we have in our body that gives so much life, etc. 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 Unfortunately, we had I think we had four of them in feathered. Unfortunately, one was taken, so we have. Um, two actually in Feathered and another one out in Kiltynan, which is another beautiful old historical um, site. Uh, it isn't open to the public. However, the little graveyard is. Um, who actually owns Kiltynan Castle is Andrew Lloyd Webber, who's oh. the, yeah, yeah, little gem. He actually opened for a period of time after um, a friend of mine's wedding, he was invited to over the road, you know, one of my neighbors who lives in another gorgeous estate, which is much <laughs> larger than here actually. Um, he was at that wedding and he fell in love with Feathered and Tipperary. And for a period of time, while he was looking around for somewhere to buy, he used to come into McCarthy's hotel and play music. It was amazing. And he also donated a lovely top of the range piano um, organ. For the, mm-hmm. for the pub, for, to the owner, Annette. Um, but 
Feathers primarily the actually it's a farming community, farming town. It has become a little bit more towny as well, but aesthetically around it's a, it's a rich, rich um, limestone soil um, mm -hmm. farming with a lot of horses, particularly race horses, the thoroughbred, mm -hmm. huge. And we happen to have a Coolmore stud. So for anybody who's into thoroughbreds, national hunt and particular flat racing, um, this establishment, which is just on our doorstep, is the, is the best in the world. And uh, the money that they make is <laughs> incredible. Um, they have been very good and very generous to, to Feathered. Um, they have supported the community. However, I would like to see the community do more for themselves and to get more, you know, get more connected. And, we, and you know that you and I are talking about that on our meetings every week. Right. How to include, you know, bring the community on board, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so that when people do come and visit, that they meet us. They meet, they don't just, even in Feather, just go to the museum and then go out to Coolmore. Mm -hmm. And you have yeah. mentioned to me about gems, mm -hmm. you know, to just even park the car up in Feathered and go for a walk and mm -hmm. go out the Red City Road and you'll see the stone walls, you'll come across a graveyard that's absolutely beautiful, if you, especially if you hit it around sunset, um, it's heaven. We have Schlieffenmann, beautiful mm -hmm. mountain, mountain of the women. Um, that's also, you know, worth a visit, a walk. And there are, you know, plenty, it's not for the faint hearted, but it's also not for, you don't have to be very experienced. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough enough walk, but not too tough. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, and that's, you know, there's, and there's plenty right on your doorstep. So yes. people can yes. spend two or three days, take some beautiful day trips, find yes. plenty to do, and then come back in the evening, enjoy a beautiful dinner yes. and, and relax and have yeah. a, Wonderful, wonderful yeah. night. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the other is I'm looking out on the Seven Sisters, which is part of the Cumbria Mountain Range that lead into the Knockmill Downs that lead over to the Galtees. And then below that, we have the River Shore. So we have kayaking, you know, paddle boarding, and then lots of, lots of walking, lots of hiking. And we also have horse riding as well off the beaten track. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. beautiful. Plenty. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Now, if people are... And, you know, as they're getting ready to come back to Ireland and start planning their trip, what is the best way for them to make an inquiry for Clonacody House? Is it through the website or is it uh, through a social account? How do you prefer people get in touch with you? Well, at the moment, um, the website is in transition. Um, the guy who was doing it actually, unfortunately, fell ill to COVID. So I'm waiting patiently for that to resolve but they can contact me through social media on instagram by the instagram message messaging or by email and i could give you the email address if you like i i will put it um that and the instagram so there will be links in the oh, show notes yeah. for people to to get in touch with you that way thanks Jodie. It, actually it on the on the website it's it's not correct it says info at clonacodyhouse.ie it should be .com. Um, okay. So that's why I'm not promoting the website, but you definitely can look at it. You'll get a, you know, you'll get a fair idea of what it, what, um, what kind of Cody looks like at least. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, I will make sure that it is correct in the show notes. And 
as we wrap up, um, we've talked a lot about your specific area, the reasons people might want to visit there. But as people are kind of thinking about visiting Ireland, making their, making their itineraries for their trip, are there any places, like three places that you would say they really should consider adding to that itinerary that places maybe they shouldn't miss? Oh, well, definitely, uh, believe it or not now, a walk around Grove, okay? Grove is a property that is parallel to Clonacody, about two miles over. And just to park up, um, the owners of, of uh, Grove are very generous. They allow people to walk through their property and it is a stunning walk. And, you know, locals take it. You'll meet locals there. That's the thing. Um, it's a great opportunity to maybe stop and have a chat um, with and, and get information and, you know, just interact with people who are actually living around Feather. That's one spot. Uh, the other one is um, definitely going into Clamel and doing the Butler Trail. That's really nice. And there's... Um, um, and if they're into it, it really depends on what they what people are into. If they're into water and walking, they're they're on our literally just a mile over the road down to the river, the River Anner. Beautiful, not not on the map, but it's there and it's gorgeous. And you'll kind of get a view of Kiltynan Castle, which is another stunning spot. It's not open to the public, but you'll see it. And it's been there since the ninth or 10th century. And there's a lot of history there. There's one small thing I forgot to mention. Um, that is one of the Kellets that was born here, Jody. His name was Henry Kellett and he was born here in 1805. And he has become much more recognized over the last 10 years up there and probably beyond Shackleton and Thomas Crane, you might've heard of. His ship, the Resolute, got stuck in the ice up in the, in the Arctic. And when the ice melted, he was, by the way, he was told by the British government to abandon that ship. Uh, he didn't want to, but he did. And the wood from the ship has been made into the desk at the Oval Office. So the-, the, the And there's the, one at the Queen's desk, isn't it also? Isn't, wasn't also, it two desks? Yeah, two desks. One for, that's right, one for Queen Victoria. That sits in Buckingham Palace still today. And the other one in the White House. So that it's, there are, sorry, I suppose I'm saying that from a marketing point of view, to be honest, just in case there's somebody out there who's mad into explorers. Well, one of them, <laughs> was, he happened to be born here. I mean, I just find that incredible. And he came back then in 1870 and he died here in 1875. And he's buried in that beautiful churchyard, which is at the back of the Thassel Museum. And a lot of people go through there without even knowing that he's there. But re they, they're told this is where he he, he was buried, yeah. They're going there to see other things, but they end mm -hmm. up being shown that as well, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That is just incredible. Well, Helen, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing about your house. Um, it really, I, it's, I think it's a story that, like I kind of like I started with, you know, people dream of, of being handed, you know, this beautiful big house yeah. and, you know, sometimes that that dream comes with some, I don't know, some, it's not the clearest, no. maybe not the clearest pathway, right? Well, I remember when people used to say to me, and still do, they say, God, you're great, and how do you do it? And oh, Michael's this and whatever. And um, I, I used to come back, 
oh sure it was handed to me I didn't have to take a mortgage out you know I used to put it down but now I realize I am very, my, Michael and I are very blessed. We are so blessed to have this place. We're caretakers. We wake up every morning, not necessarily in the house itself, right beside it in the old dairy, mm-hmm. but it's connected, but it gives people privacy and yet the mm-hmm. security over there. But I wake up here every morning. I am so blessed. So is Michael, but it does come with responsibility and you do have to work and you have to, and for us, Thanks be to God, we both love the place and we're, you know, nice and quietly keeping on top of things. There's always something, you know, there's mm-hmm. always something. My dad used to say, never look up, never look up. But you have, when you're open for business, <laughs> you have to look up because you have to make sure all the slates are there. You know what I mean? Uh, it's gas. But um, every time that I feel, am I crazy? It'd be so much easier to sell this place and live in a little cottage by a river and do something else. Either, do you know what I mean? Something, something like this happens or a guest walks in the door like what we have totally out of the blue for the last two weeks and it just gives you a, you say, I know why I'm here because this house is giving pleasure to people and we're able to help as well, whether it's helping this person get back to Portugal or helping somebody find family members that lived around this area or even further, helping them make connections. And also the bottom line is that no matter what, that they, when they leave here, they weren't ripped off. They don't feel, gosh, we did get value for money. That they were made feel very welcome. And that what they want to do, they got to do. Do you know, I send them to places that aren't, I forgot to mention, sending them down to Ardmore, the coast, these mm-hmm. coasts, mm-hmm. Not, it's not so far away. Or also send them up to Loch Derg. And only an hour drive from here. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I myself hadn't been to Loch Derg till four years ago and I nearly fell out of the van when I saw I just thought is it was the 28th of April I couldn't believe what I was seeing I've never been there it's beautiful yeah it is stunning up there and like you know and like I was saying there's so much it's a great um it's really a great area to just settle for a few days yes and take your day trips and then come back and enjoy the peace thank you Helen so much for joining me this has been a wonderful chat and you know, I hope that when I can return to Ireland, I can make a stop and uh, spend a night in your wonderful hospitality. The door is open. Kate me the fall, still here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Jody. God bless. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Android. Can't leave a review on your podcast app? Leave a review on the Ireland Family Vacations Facebook page or take a screenshot and tag me at Ireland Family Vacations on Instagram with a few kind words. Questions or comments? Email Jody at IrelandFamilyVacations.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, Slangaful.